This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to a reunion radio edition of Career Talk, live from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania during Alumni Weekend. Here again is Dr. Don Graham. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 132. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. Michelle and Danielle are in studio. Yes, we are. Hi, Danielle. And guess what? No pre-break quiz today, so you get off the hook. I know. I was confused. (laughs) But I do have lots of Wharton trivia if you're interested. Um, Here's a trivia question for you, Danielle. Business radio powered by the Wharton School started in what year? This one you should know. It's five years ago. So 2011. Oh, my God. 2012? 2013? (laughs) You're right with the five years ago. Let's just stick with that. I was pressured. It was a lot of pressure. It's hard to do math on the air. I know. I know. It's very hard. Hey, and um, hey, for those of you who don't know about the executive MBA, which is the program I work with, same curriculum, same professors, same MBA degree, just structured differently. It's on the weekends over two full calendar years, and it kicked off in 1975 with 230 graduates each year across two campuses, Philly and San Francisco. So if you want more information on that, you should check out the website. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive in to our second segment. And we're very excited to have another very accomplished alumna here with us. Um, Hira is here, and she's got an impressive background in my favorite topic, career. Hira Fernando is the founder of Careerly, a global virtual platform for students for coaching and job internship search help, which she started in 2013 and grew to an operation that serves over 4,500 students in graduate and undergraduate programs in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Here is 16 plus years of diverse industry experience in international law, banking, finance, clean energy, and supply chain is a cornerstone of how she helps her target audience to succeed. Welcome to Career Talk, Hira. Hi, how are you? Good. Congratulations on your reunion weekend. That's exciting. 15 years. I'm so happy to be here. I feel like every reunion I come back, it's better and better. And I just really enjoy seeing the classmates and shout out to the class of 2004. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations (laughs) to all of our all of our classes who are here today. But, But tell us about Careerly. Tell us about this organization. What makes it different? And and what do you do there? Of course. Um, well, you know, I have to say it's it's not that I set out to be an entrepreneur or, you know, create a fancy startup. It was more that I enjoy um, coaching kids. And, uh, you know, to make to, to make a long story very short, you, you were very nice about the way you described my background and all the jobs I've done. But the reality is, is that I have had a ton of different careers, switched around a lot. 
And at some point I realized I am very good at getting jobs, but not that good at doing them. Okay. <laughs> it's good. Self-reflection so, you know, is good. Yeah, I mean, and you know, at some age, at some point, you sort of have to admit these things, right? Mm-hmm. You have to kind of say, okay, these are my strengths. I do very well in the pursuit of something and I would never not get a job that I interviewed for. I mean, so much so I got jobs that I should have had no business getting. <laughs> well, then we're glad you're here because so, most people listening are trying to get a job right. and they struggle with that part. So, exactly. so they want to hear your secrets. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think a lot of it is just um, I enjoy, I genuinely enjoy the interview process. And so because of that, all that anxiety and all the future thinking of, am I going to get this? Am I not going to get this? That's not on my mind. I'm genuinely just interacting with these people. I'm very curious about the job itself and the work and all of that. And I think that kind of plays in well with interviewers. I mean, very often they're just also doing a tough job. It's difficult to find good candidates. And they too are looking for a break. They're looking for the that person who's genuine or that person who's like, hey, you're having a tough day. And thank you for coming on campus and speaking to our students. And so I would kind of take on this role. And so I inevitably got every single offer. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, I was necessarily suitable for all those jobs. But that's, you know, that's a that's a different story. And I think we all kind of have a path and we need to figure that out over time. So and what you're talking about, I want to I want to key in on that because it's very important. I think what a lot of people miss about the interview process is it's about the relationship. If you've been invited you have at least the basic skill set. And now exactly. they want to see, can I work next to you for 40 hours a week? Yeah. <laughs> are you going to be a fit with the team? Are you going to make life easier or are you going to make it miserable? Exactly. And so people go in really guns blazing, ready to to throw all their great skills in front of them when in fact the person often just wants to know who you are. Absolutely. 100%. Because also, if you think about it, I mean, by the time, you know, especially with school, this this top schools or even, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm including in there, you know, the top 50 schools, I'm including you've been through a process and you've been selected, right? So at that point, exactly as you say, they know what you can do, right? And not only that, everybody there can do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. All those candidates are pretty much on the same level. So you, how do you stand out? And it's very difficult to stand out on the technical pieces because they already know that. They know if you went to Wharton and if you've, you know, done finance, they know that you can do certain things. And so to your point, it's absolutely that. It is whether they like you, whether you're fun and just easygoing and whether they can see themselves, you know, in and out, day in, day and out, you know, sitting next to you and working with you. But I would also add there's another thing I think that's candidates really just um, – Miss, And that's that they go to these interviews with a lot of anxiety because the way they see it is this hierarchy, right? Mm -hmm. I'm there. Oh, my God. Like, this is this is the people that I need to impress. And I'm this little person. And I always say to my students, no, it's actually it's it's much, much more equal than you think. Because just like I said, they are struggling, too. Right. And Mm -hmm. they genuinely want you to relax and and present yourself to the best capacity that you can. If you're nervous or you're anxious or you're feeling whatever, you're not really doing anybody a favor, right? Like they too are going to feel like, ah, we're not really getting what we need from her. So it's so important to say to yourself, look, I have something to offer and it's my responsibility to explain that to these people, to help them out, right? Because they need, they are also looking to be supported in what they're trying to do. And then look, if it doesn't, if you're not a good fit, then that's not as that, right? Like we don't want to be forcing 
the universe. But I think it's our responsibility to go in there and be calm and almost be like, it's my job to explain myself well Mm -hmm. to these people, you know? So I think that's important to to kind of tease out as well here, because a lot of people think the hiring process is logical, linear, objective, and it's none of those things. One, hiring managers are rarely trained to hire. They maybe bring on one or two candidates a year, so they, they have no idea about the intricate details of interviews. And often they read your resume, if at all, five minutes before you yeah. walk into the, the interview. And they hate hiring because it takes them away from their day job. They just want yeah. to get it over with, get it done with. So exactly. if you make it easy for them to exactly. hire you, yeah. then you're doing them a favor. And I think when you know this and you kind of put yourself into the mindset of the hiring manager, then it reduces a lot of your anxiety because like you said, it evens the playing field. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to a special edition of Career Talk here on Reunion Radio. We are on Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we have a special guest on Career Talk, Hira Fernando, who is the founder of Careerly, a global virtual platform for students for career coaching and job internship search help. And we are talking live. So if you're hearing us, give us a call, 844-942-7866. So how can, um, so part one, knowing that this isn't more of an even playing field is helpful, but, you know, certainly first impressions are important. And if you're nervous going into an interview, you know, what, what advice do you give job seekers on how they can kind of calm down? I know, I know. I mean, that's that's hard and it's easier said than, and I know because, I mean, in, in, when I was very, very young, I kind of went through that same thing. And then I, I quickly cottoned on to this thing of like, just if you just enjoy the process and stay in the moment, then everything's going to be OK. So, I mean, some of this is difficult to teach. And some of this, I won't lie, I mean, depends on your own personality. And, you know, there are people who are if you're if you're fearful and you're constantly thinking about the future and outcomes. I mean, people who think about future and outcomes tend to, they never think of the pot. They never think of like, it's going to go well. They're, they're always mm-hmm. thinking like it's going to go badly. Right. Yep. Um, so it's not, so with every student I work with, I kind of have to see where they're at. And then some people need a lot more help than others do in getting their psychology in place. Right. And a lot of it is that like getting yourself really just in a place, in a space where you understand that, Hey, look, I am who I am. I am I am worthy and I'm great and I'm wonderful. Whatever skills I have, this is what I'm good at. These things I'm not. May, it may come up in an interview. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Because you need to know that every candidate they're seeing is a mixed bag, right? So you should never be afraid of, because I think a lot of times people are nervous just because they're like thinking, oh, what if they ask me this question? What if they ask me that? What if they catch me out? So I'm like, fine, well, let them catch you out because... That's okay because there's going to be other stuff that you can you you're going to do well on, right? So this it's a difficult question to answer, but I think a lot of it is in this business of just really centering yourself and knowing that you're going to go in there and don't make it about you, you know? Make it about how can I help this person understand what they need to understand. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Once you are in this step of the process, it isn't about you. It is all about them and how you're going to solve the problems and how exactly. you're going to add value. And you, you you mentioned this as well. I mean, preparing, I think that is critical. If you think they're going to ask you something that you struggle with, or maybe you were laid off or you have a question that triggers you, 
prepare, 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 be brief, practice with somebody and move on from that. Because guess what? We all have red flags. Everybody's had one. Nobody is a perfect candidate. Nobody has every qualification on that job ad. Half the job ads don't even know what they're asking for. So I think when you kind of step back and realize you're you're catastrophizing a little bit and that, that, you know what, you can just calm down. And I think the reality is the more balls you have in the air, the less you're going to be nervous for each interview. Because if you're you're really riding on one, you're going to drive yourself nuts trying to get that. But if you know you have three more next week, then you're going to be able to be more calm. And then lastly, like you said, if you're if you're nervous, own it. So, you know, I'm really excited about this opportunity. So I'm a little bit nervous today. And you'll be shocked at how the elephant just barges out of the room. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just when I came in now, I was like I was just because I was running around so much, I was a little frazzled. And I mean, just sharing that. And this goes back to another thing, right? I mean, this business of being honest and yes, of course, you can't be 100%. You can't just go and throw out anything that crosses your mind, yeah, right? No TMI, but, uh, no TMI. <laughs> but at the same time, just being human and just being like, oh my God, I got stuck in traffic for for this, whatever. And just, just engaging in a little bit of talk, you know, a human being to human being. Um, I think that goes a long way. And I would also add, I... One of the really effective things you can do at the very beginning, right? Because the beginning is the hardest uh, because they're going to be like, so tell me a little bit about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when, because you're about to start. And I say, you know, how about, you know, just say something like, well, um, first of all, you know, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so grateful to be here. This is such an amazing opportunity. And that does two things. One is it, it subtly lets you take control, right? Because you're almost saying to them, hang on one minute, you know, let me start like this. Now, it's like, and they can't object because you're thanking them, right? <laughs> so they can't be like um, upset that you kind of took that over. But at the same time, it kind of, it also gives you a chance to be like, hey, um, I am in the driving seat, right? Like in many ways, the candidate is, um, you know, so you have to kind of say, thank you. And, and then continue and say, yeah, I'd love to tell you about myself. And, uh, I'm sure going through my resume is not exactly that exciting. You have my resume in front of me. Um, how about I, um, summarize some of the key skills I think, um, is useful for you from your point of view, um, and jump in anytime and ask me any questions. So that way you see, it's kind of like, again, you're kind of taking control, (laughs) but it's to help them. So I think I've said this many times. It's very much, it's all about this mindset of it's not about me, it's about them. And really just trying to help that person, no matter what, right? Even if they're your employer, even if they're your future boss, help them and you can't go wrong. 844-942-7866. If you're tuning in, you're saying, why is Career Talk on Saturday? Well, we are here for a special edition of Reunion Radio. We have... Alumni on campus all weekend long celebrating their reunions here at Wharton, and we have some fun trivia. So, hmm, do you? I'm not going to test you on air here. (laughs) Maybe I'll test Danielle. Hey, when did Wharton announce a creation of a San Francisco campus? Many people don't even know we have a San Francisco campus, but it was 2001. So we've had one for quite some time. You want to learn more about Wharton? Go to our website. There's lots of fun facts there. And we're very excited to be doing this special edition and to have Hira Fernando in the studio celebrating her 15th reunion. She's the founder of Careerly, a global virtual platform for students for career coaching. And we're talking all about the insider secrets from someone who gets all the jobs she goes for, which is amazing. And we're sharing them with you right now. 
844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So we were talking about how to not be nervous and to prepare, but you know, are you noticing any trends in the workplace in terms of what employers are looking for that have, have shifted? Yes. I mean, there have been a number of trends, but I would say one is that um, there's a lot of the tech thing that's exploded, right? So what I mean by that is whether it's whether it's, I mean, it used to be just sort of like IT or it would be like tech as in startups, right? Whereas now it's everything because data has become the center of the universe, right? Gathering, basically tracking human beings with every single thing they do. It's a little scary. And there's, exactly. And that's a whole <laughs> other topic, but that's happening. And so there is vast amounts of data out there. And then now it's all about using that data and then essentially I guess, selling more or doing whatever these companies want to do, right? So what's happening is traditional industries, let's say banking or consulting, what you're seeing is they're actually hiring more tech people or at least people who have tech skills as opposed to bankers or consultants, right? Um, well, consulting is a little bit, I mean, that's a little bit more niche, but let's say if you take banking, in the last number of years, they're hiring more uh tech people, at least with tech skills, right? I mean, you could go to uh, Wharton or you could graduate from an MBA program and you have the MBA skills, but they also want you to have the tech skills, coding skills. Um, you did your undergrad as a computer scientist, you know, that sort of thing, because now the typical two uh, paths, the analyst programs and the associate programs have vastly, vastly fallen off, right? And so, and this is, I mean, if you think about the way the world is going, it makes sense, right? I mean, look at the number of like, I mean, now like branches and banks closing, right? And it's just what they want is people who can do payments, people who can do fintech, people who can um, uh, customer analytics, right? So this is becoming a part of every single job path. Doesn't matter if it's supply chain, doesn't matter if it's marketing, 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 especially, right? Analytics, customer, um, you know, customer insights. These are the things that we're seeing across the board. So all I can say is, I mean, I say to students, you know, if you are doing an MBA, try to get a specialization in those areas or add on a certificate in those areas. Just be aware that employers are really looking for those skill sets. If you're going into your um, deciding what to do for your major or what kind of MBA or what kind of a master's program to do, consider that this is kind of the skill set that is really, really in demand. Now, that's not to say that, I mean, people should follow their dreams and they should follow what they're good at. But I'm just saying from a pragmatic point of view, this is kind of where things are headed. Yeah, you're right. The The key statement you said right there is that pretty much every job has tech touching it right now. Yeah. So so even if you do something that formerly was not at all tech related, there's going to be an aspect and there's going to be an expectation that you can do it. And one of the things I like about um, Careerly that, that, you know, you talk about, it's interesting because obviously that tech is is impacting how companies hire and we're seeing more and more, you know, AI involved in this. And, you know, I'll be honest with you uh, here. I'm not a fan of some of these newer things and that could be because I'm old, but mm -hmm. so am I. <laughs> interview, interview via text or one way video interviews, you know, some of the new technology that we're using to kind of connect candidates with companies, in my opinion, loses a lot of the relationship. And I know we have to scale. I know we have to find a solution to scale these relationships and that some of these technologies are a roundabout way yeah. to do it, but but I think we're missing the boat. You know, I I I 
partially agree with you. That is true. I mean, there's something to do with human interaction. I mean, the genuine, real, actual human being in front of you that you cannot capture, right? So like say in an interview, that little piece where like you meet the candidate at the lobby or in the thing and like how you converse with them, or you might notice how in a group setting, how they are with other people, right? So these things are going to get missed in this new um, uh, technology that we're using. However, what I do like is... Thanks to this, it means that schools can reach a much, much bigger group of students. And like from my perspective, and because Kareli has a huge um, uh, emphasis on diversity, and and by diversity, I don't mean like quotation mark diversity, I mean like actual, genuine, real diversity. Um, I feel like now schools can go beyond what they call course schools, right? Typically, all these universities have what they call course schools because they can't go and recruit at every single school, right? So they'll have their top five, top 10. But what's happening is they're missing a lot of really good talent and diverse talent, diamonds in the rough, let's say, at other schools. And so this allows them, a platform like this or technology allows them to go and find these candidates. And this is also kind of why currently, like, I'm so excited to be, that's one thing I really want to bring to the table is to say, hey, look, we can bring you these candidate pools, right? We can go find these candidates for you. And if you're genuine about diversity, then we will absolutely help you find these candidates. And then it's not hugely cost prohibitive because we have the platform and you can interact with them. And, you know, I mean, a lot of the video technology and all of that at least allows like the eye contact and you know a lot of it does come through not everything (laughs) but I think you can take a hit on that it's worth it to get some of these other candidates in so we don't have the same old same old kind of perpetuation of the typical you know people so you have to use it for the right reasons yes and at the right stage at the right stage absolutely yeah absolutely and yeah right i mean right reasons definitely i mean companies i think now thank goodness i think i also see another trend where they used to say diversity right (laughs) like to tick the box but now i think there's genuine i mean there's a lot of pressure from all the way up like from the board and from investors and also i think people are actually realizing that if you have a group of people who are diverse in perspective and have genuinely have different backgrounds and different experiences, that is, that richness is going to drive better business decisions, right? So even for people where all they care about is the bottom line, they are realizing that the bottom line does get affected if you don't know, if you don't have enough people who are exposed to the rest of the world and speak languages and, uh, you know, have kind of like a global mindset. Mm -hmm. So as we're we're kind of winding down, um, there's some people who are graduating who are thinking, maybe I'll start my own business. Maybe this is the path for me because I, you know, I have a certain idea about how it is. So I'm, I'm wondering if you can, you can kind of give those, those people some advice on what they need to consider that maybe sure. you wish you had considered yeah. or yes. <laughs> that oh will my help God. them. It's my favorite question. And first of all, I want to say congratulations to all the classes of 2009. It's such an exciting time, and um, you've done well, and you're graduating from um, from Wharton, and so that's going to carry you know that's going to carry you pretty far. It's going to open a lot of doors. Um, I would say you know entrepreneurship, and uh, whether it's you're going for like the big big stuff, you know, raising millions of dollars, or whether you're going into doing a small business like I I did, I think it is something very special. And I would just say you do have to know yourself and know whether you can handle the, it's a very, I mean, you kind of have to be comfortable with a lot of uncertainty, a lot. 
you have to be a genuine risk taker. And so those are the things. Again, it always comes back to psychology and personality, right? It's not so much about am I a good – you could be a hotshot finance person. You could be one of these hardcore, you know, just really ambitious people. You could be a top finance b- brain. But those are, I don't think, the things that really carry you through. I think it's really your ability to kind of be like, oh, my God, everything is really fluid around me. And anything can happen, right? I mean, like, even in my business, I mean, there have been years where it's been really good. And then there's times when I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not going to make the mortgage payment. And so you have to be able to, like, not be stressed about that. Because if you do get stressed, it's going to affect your affect your business, right? So I would say, I mean, it's somewhere between, I don't want to say follow your passion, because I, I have always thought that that's not um, very good advice. Um, but I think you do need to consider what I call, um, I wish I could show, I have this little Venn diagram, and, uh, you know, there's like three whatever the three thing is. And so I would say, you know, you have to be, you you have to consider, am I good at this, right? Am I naturally good at this? Am I, it's not swimming upstream, you're swimming downstream, you're in flow, you don't have to prepare. Am I good at it? That's number one. Number two is, is, is there a market for this? You know, is there, can I, is there, I mean, because you have to, you have to eat, right? (laughs) And you have to pay your, more than anything, you're going to feel really bad if you, I mean, the stress of paying your employees and all of that. So it's going to have to, um, uh, make money. And then the other thing is, do I, do I like it? Right. Do I like this thing? Am I talented at it? And then will it be commercially viable? So you do have to think of all of those three things. And then if you do, I say, go for it. I mean, if you don't go for it now, you know, it's like, this is the best time to, to go for it and try it out and, um, and do what you want to do because that you won't regret. Like you can try it and fail or, I mean, there's no such thing as failure. I don't think, I mean, everything is just a process and you just, go on, you know, it's just part of everything. And then that you won't regret. If you don't try, then you might look back and think, oh, I wish I had done that, you know? So, well said. Well yeah. said and a great way to end this this segment. Hira, thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Congratulations thank on you. your reunion and your business careerly. That's very exciting. We really appreciate you being here and yes. have a great rest of your celebration weekend. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. I am so honored to have been invited to do this. Um, Yeah, thanks. Yep, you've been listening to a special edition of Career Talk for Reunion Radio. And don't forget to tune into our regular Career Talk time slot live every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, when we bring you the latest career trends, best job tips, and fun expert guests to help you create a career you love. And if you want more info, follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham or check out my book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success, where I've compiled all my best job search into one place. Hey, you're listening to Reunion Radio on Sirius XM 132, and we will see you next time. Congrats to all of our 2019 graduates. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 